Bible tonight and turn to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. They may know about this, Matthew, but you go tell them in the fellowship hall to have the kids back here five minutes to eight. Five minutes to eight. I'm going to be done at five minutes to eight. All right. Amen. First John chapter 2, page 1323. I mean, he's been praying this week. I mean, he's fasting this week. Praise God. I mean, he's been complaining this week. Amen. One honest soul. Me too. I was praying this morning. It's amazing where God sees fit to show up. I just, I just praying, and boy, how God just rested my heart. I don't know. I might be maybe the worst Christian. God shows up talking to me. He don't give me the fuzzies. What He does, He usually deals with me about my sin, about my sorriness. Which I'll admit, I'm probably worse than the rest of the crowd. But oh my goodness, how He just convicted my heart. And this morning, been carrying it around all day long, waiting for a place to unload it. About how God, well, we just so many times complain about things that are just so insignificant. How much we set ourselves up on a pedestal. How we, and, we, and I don't know, 20 years I've said we're not going to put anybody on the pedestal around here. We try to set ourselves on a pedestal and all the time people around us pleading, begging somebody to pray. And, um, oh, God just really helped me. Now, they probably thought I was about half crazy. They surprised me and I was just bawling away, praying and bawling. They just kind of looked at me. I'm sure they thought I was on dope or something. But I really don't care. I want God to do something for our church. We need revival. A revival. First John chapter 2, verse 28. If you find your place, stand together. Let's read. I'm going to read just one verse tonight. Just one verse. And now, little children. Now, I like that. I'm, it's not the message, so don't put your shoes on. He, he said, I'm going to get it so simple that everybody will get it. He's not addressing middle age. He said, now, little children, abide in Him that may be hope so possibility He shall appear. When, not if, not will you believe it or not, not your opinion about it, when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Go to the throne of grace. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Jason Felford. Jason, can you pray, Doc? All right.
Amen. You may see. Have you ever been embarrassed? If you're a parent, I know you have. One day, Connie was a little girl, and uh, I took her to the store, and she wanted something. And I told her, I said, honey, we can't get that. I'm broke. We get up to the counter to pay. She looks at the, the, the man behind the counter, and she said, we ain't got no money to pay. We're broke. Okay. Or you might be like one of the couple who leave in the lobby of a hotel where they had stayed. Their little boy noticed the logo on the doorman and shouted, Hey, that's on our towels at home. <laughs> what I want to preach on tonight is maybe, perhaps, the most embarrassing and disappointing moment anyone could ever have. In 1 John chapter 2, and verse 28, he talks about that very thing. So let's look at three words tonight. Just three. First word is abide. Second word, appear. And third word is ashamed. So with the help of God, I want to preach on abide, appear, not ashamed. In these words, we have a tremendous truth. In the first word, appear, I mean, abide. We, we have the ideal of relationship. In the word abide, it is the ideal of relationship. When John starts talking about abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's, he's talking about a relationship that every Christian should have with the Lord. As a matter of fact, he liked that word abide. All through his books you find them, that word abide. The word means to stay. Has the ideal of being, being in place, in a given place, a state, a relationship, if you will. Now this relationship is three things, God said. And this thing of abiding is three things. Number one, it's a close relationship. The word again, abide, means to stay in a given place. It adds the ideal of this unbroken relationship with the Lord. I don't know how some, even though they may say they abide, when they're in and out, up and down, hot and cold. I'm not sure how they do that. Uh, but we find that God says, He tells us, He said, My little children, He said, I want you to abide in Him. This thing of abiding is a close relationship. Oh, in 1 John 2, 1, he says this, My little children. Notice, he calls them again, My little children. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Nothing breaks a fellowship or relationship as much as a sin does. Genesis 3, 8, and I won't take time to read it, but you can look it up. In Genesis 3, 8, the Lord would come down in the cool of the evening to have a time with His, with His created, with His created man. Amen. And oh, I would so love to have got in on their discussions. I wonder what they talked about. I, I kind of got a hunch. I can't prove this, but you can't disprove it, so where to draw? 
I believe Adam said, boy, God, I tell you, your sky today is it's just magnificent. And, and I, I just believe it's just, I believe it was just, I believe it was Adam just a bragging on, bragging on God. I mean, it's a bragging about how good he is and how kind he is. I don't think Adam was a talking by himself. Now, I can't prove that, but, you know, I like thinking like that. And so we find, though, that one day, God shows up at the garden, and God's a-walking in the cool of the day and says, Adam, Adam, why are you? And Adam said, I- I'm behind the tree. What are you doing behind the tree? I'm naked. Who told you he was naked? You see, any time that relationship is broken with God, you're not going to want to be with him. You're not going to be around him. And he's hiding. Oh, but I love this. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins. Isn't that wonderful? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a lady, and her name was Bertha Smith. And uh, when you would meet her, she would always ask everybody she met this question. Have you made your sin list for the day? Here's what she would say. Here's, here's why she done it. She meant that every day I would get along with God. And she said, I would confront and confess any sin that was in my life. She would make a daily sin list. I read about a preacher, and oh, more this is convicting. Everybody he met, every person he saw, he would say this, is there anything in your life that doesn't remind you of Jesus? Tears would fill his eyes as he would ask the question. And he would say, now be honest with me. Is there anything that wouldn't remind you that would not be like Jesus? I wonder, is there anything in your life that wouldn't remind you of Jesus. It's a close relationship. It's a consistent relationship. But it's a conditional relationship. John 15 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So it's a condition. He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, it shall be done with you. We are one in Christ as a branch is to the vine. And that union's a, a living union so we can bear fruit. We're a lot though, and, and I, I hadn't seen this to just yesterday. Behind the back of my property, there's a big old pine tree fell back last year. And started cutting it up. 
And I was certain by the outside that it was dead. I was certain it's not doing anything. It's laying on the ground. I was certain it was dead. But that thing was, it wasn't. On the inside, there was enough root there. Inside that tree, it was living. And I looked at that and I thought, whoa, that's like a lot of God's people. On the outside, they're dead as a hammer. They never witness. They never tell anybody about Jesus. They, they never share a gospel message. They never give out a tract. They, they do, they're just dead as a hammer. But yet on the inside, there's a little something living there. Of course, not doing anything, but they're still living. It's a living union, no other union. We won't just enjoy Him. It's a lasting union. So the first word here tonight is abide, relationship. Now, well, that's good preaching, preacher. Yes, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Woo! Good preaching. Yeah, good. Hold it. Why should I? Why should I? I'm busy making money. I got my house, got my cars, got my toys, got my trinkets. Got this, got that, got this. Why should I abide? What's the big deal about abiding? Why, here's why. Because he's going to appear. He's returning. Abiding is relationship. Appearing is a return. Now, preacher, is he coming? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I heard that. I have too. He's still coming. I don't believe that. Doesn't change a thing. He's still coming. Still coming. Well, I, I just don't, don't mean a thing. He's still coming. He's still coming. Well, I'm not right. He's still coming. Well, I'm ready for him now. He'll come when he wants to. Well, well when's he going to come? When he wants to. Someone asked me the other day, said, do you, do you, do you uh, think that you can know when the Lord's coming? I said, well, sure. Well, sure. And uh, said, really? Yeah. And they said, well, when, when's he coming? When he wants to. That's when he's coming. When he chooses to, when he wants to. I would tell you this much. Don't miss this. With the state of our world today, and with what's going on in the Middle East, if I wasn't saved tonight, I'd run to an altar and beg God to save me because I wouldn't chance walking out them doors lost. If I was backslid, I'd, I'd, I would run to an altar and get right with God before I appeared, stood before a holy God. Because don't miss this. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be going out of here. And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you'll be in His presence. And you'll be in, your, in His presence where you're right, where you're ready, where you want to. If you're saved, you're going to be there. And you'll face Him just like you are. When He shall appear, it's grace promise in the Bible. I love this. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. John uses two words to describe His coming. Number one, the word appear. It is the personal presence of Christ. 1 Peter 1.8 Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see Him not, 
yet believing, yea, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We love a, we love a God we never seen. Amen. But one day, hallelujah, one day that invisible will turn visible. Praise God, what a day that'll be. We sing that song, what a day that'll be. And what a day that will be. The second word is the word coming. At the end of that, at the end of that verse, he said, Now little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The second word he uses that is coming. It means a perpetual presence of Christ. Uh, it means he's going to come alongside to be present with. It means this. It means that for an eternity will be with him. Now, that don't excite many of you here tonight. You know why? Why should it? Spending no time with him now. get to spending time with him. You get to find he's a great God. Hallelujah. You get to find that he's, he, he's just wonderful. You get to find him, I, I mean, you get to thinking about just, I, I, I get to going back over the last 22 years, and I get to watching how God has provided everything I've needed in my life. Now I'm telling you, I, I just, I, I just have myself a fit. I, I mean, I, I get to thinking about whenever, praise God, uh, uh, nobody else knew, nobody else cared. I'm glad He come along and cared. I'm glad whenever every need I've had, I've watched. I, I believe God's done this for ten thousand times. I believe because of my ignorance and my stupidity, I believe He's protected me. Kept stuff from happening that would have destroyed. Sometimes he has helped me to keep from being my worst enemy. Oh, the Bible says he is coming. He has the idea he's going to come alongside of us. We'll be in his presence. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, or even at midnight. At the cock crowing, or in the morning, here he gives, he gives three time spans. There, midnight was twelve a.m. Cock crowing was three. The third night watch it was three a.m. and the morning was six a.m. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He said, "I can come any time." He said, "I can come any time." You'll find those three times. Any there's a place in the world right now. Right now, it is, it is 15 minutes to 8. Somewhere, it's 15 minutes to 8 a.m. So what he's saying is, he can come any time. Come any time. Well, if you're unsaved, you're gambling. You're gambling that you won't be left behind. You'll be gambling. And don't miss this. I believe when the Lord comes, He may be in a service just like this one. All of a sudden, 
you'll look around, you might be in a nodding off or complaining, and all of a sudden you'll look around, and there won't be anybody here but two or three. And you will scream and cry. There'll be people in this community flood this building, tie the doors down, call it falling in the altar and saying, God, please. God's going to shut that door and not be opened again. If you're lost tonight, I wouldn't even gamble with it. But don't miss this. You're not going to face God. Well, that's the reason why. I don't know, this has been just bigger than life. This may be just for me. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is just all being for me today. And if it is, well, I'll just, I'll just accept it and, and do something with it. But oh my goodness, if I'm going to face God one day, I'm going to face God. The Bible says we'll give an account for every idle word we've done. Oh, how we ought to censure that wicked forked tongue we've got. But then last of all, well, he says to abide. He says, because he's going to appear. And then he says this, that you won't be ashamed. How many of you know what that is? Well, let me give you an illustration. I was 15 years old. And if you're a young person, I borrowed Eddie's motorcycle. You're an adult with an ounce of brain. I stole his motorcycle. And I wrecked it. And that's the reason why Tammy's talking about the other day. She didn't have but two feelings. This and this and this and this. And I said, all I do is put mine on the train, send them in there, have them fixed, and have them bring back. Amen. That's all I have to do. And since I was 15, I've worn dentures. To one person, to one person, I didn't want to see. That was my daddy. And when my daddy walked I was so ashamed. Disappointed him. And I was so ashamed. And I ain't lie to you, I was so ashamed. One day, I'm going to stand before a heavenly father. And I want it to be a delightful meeting. We may have confidence. That word confidence is this. That we might boldly praise him. Boldly praise him. If I may, if I may. I believe it will be something like this. That if you've served Him and loved Him and tried to win souls and tried to do something for God, that we'll be able to take off a little crown. I don't know if any of us has got a, a, a big one. But we might be able to take a little one off of our head and, and, and take it and place it at the foot of Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to know 
I want you to have my crown. And you get all the honor and all the glory. Boldly. Boldly. That's what confidence is. Boldly to be able to stand and do that. What a delightful meeting that will be. I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking about Brother Schreiber. Of course, when he got there, I'm sure he said, Jesus, i got a question. He called me with questions. And we were talking, and I loved it. I missed that. I missed that. I don't know about Miss Schreiber, but I missed that. He called me and he said, Preacher, I was listening. Why do you think about it? I, I was thinking this one. No doubt in heaven when he got there, he said, Jesus, I want to know about this. I want to know about that. But it means to speak boldly. It means not to blush, not to have to look down, but freely express our praise. It means to meet the Lord with confidence. I was listening to a preacher the other day. He's talking about these young preachers from Bob Jones University that went to a rest home. They, they would go to a rest home to preach. And uh, every, every time they would go, there was a man by the name of Jack, I believe, that was there. He'd meet him at the door, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Old Jack just, I mean, he just, he just, whoa, hallelujah, preach it. I mean, just to encourage them boys. They just loved him to no end. And so one day they got word old Jack died. And so they all got in the car and went over there and was talking to the people that worked. And uh, and talking about what a great man, what a great Christian, how much he loved God and all this kind of stuff. And one of the workers said, said, boys, can I, let me take and show you something. So he took him into his room and he said, do you know where you're at? He said, yeah, we've been in here praying. We prayed in here with this man. Went in and opened the closet and he said, do you know what? Yeah, this is his footstools. She said, well, let me show you something that's in those footstools. So she took the lid off of it. And it was filled, filled with pornographic magazines. And then she said, let me show you another. She opened the lid and it was filled with jewelry and rings and all kinds of stuff they found after he died. And what they had figured out had happened is this. He said he was so trusted that whenever someone would pass away here in the rest hall, we'd go get him. And he would come in and he would say, you know, I'm going to pray for the family. And said, if you don't mind, would you give me a little bit of time? I'm going to pray for the family. And the nurse would leave and lock the door and give him time to pray. And while she walked out, he'd go through all their stuff and was robbing them people after they died. And no one knew. And no one knew. You say, man, that's terrible. It ain't going to be near as terrible when we face God and it's not a delightful meeting. It's a disgraceful meeting. Shame means to be disgraced. It means to be disappointed. Instead of having unrestrained praise, why, you're going to be embarrassed. And uh, he, he, he's, he, he, it's going to be a sad day because 
Guess what? He knows no secrets. None. He knows what you're doing. He knows. I'm a little bit concerned about our churches, especially our movement. That was a day. That was a day. It's not been it's not been that long ago. One of the largest churches in Longview churched a young lady back in the 50s for living with somebody. And you would be amazed to know which one it was. And now they're as liberal as the devil. There's a day. There was a day when sin was sin. But we've come to the day now. If you mention it, well, okay, we don't repent. We relocate. Find somewhere we can live like hell and nobody say nothing. We'll be ashamed if the, with the affections has been with this world. Colossians 3, 2, set not your affections on things. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on earth. Mark twelve thirty is still there. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Second one, we we won't be ashamed because of the absence of service. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. Then we're going to be ashamed of the apathy and sin we've just overlooked. Jeremiah 8, 12, well, what a verse. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall in the time of their visitation, they should be cast down, saith the Lord. Jerry Vines, that's his story in First John, his commentary. There's a little boy in Denver, had an incurable cancer. President Eisenhower was vacationing in Denver that year, and the boy expressed a desire to meet the president. Eisenhower heard of this desire on a Sunday morning. He paid a visit to the little boy's home. He knocked on the door and the father opened the door in a pair of blue jeans, an old shirt, and was unshaven, hadn't even combed his hair. Can you imagine his surprise? Can you imagine his surprise to open the door and find a president standing there? In a later interview, he said, what a way to meet the president. Can I say, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, what a way, what way will you meet the God of glory. Abide. Why? He's going to appear. Trish, we need to stay put. That's when we find out where God's going to stay right with him. Have him with us. Abide in him. Because I don't want to be ashamed at his appearing. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet.